it's so good to be in the house of the Lord today at Eastside Church. How many love this place? It's to be in the house of God and just to be reveling in the presence of Jesus Christ by his spirit this morning. Amen. Why don't you just lift up the Lord one more time and just thank him and show him some gratitude and, you know, just, just thank him for his goodness and because it's, wow, you know, God is just so good. He takes care of us. He knows what we need when we need it. And he knows the timing. His timing is perfect. And how many know life is hard, but God is good. I don't know, maybe you're going through a winter season like I am. I've gone through my seasons of suffering, and, and God has been with me every step of the way. You know, I've, I've had some difficulties in my life as well. I wish I, wish I could tell you that ministry was, is glamorous and involved a lot of great things, and really in the spirit it does, uh, but in this life... You know, I realize oftentimes now that there are many things that come up against us to try to harden our hearts or bring us down in our soul. And the fight of faith is real, isn't it? And so, you know, I, I had a heart-to-heart with Jesus here a couple of months ago and went to a conference with pastors. And I said, Lord, I... I don't want to go to this conference with a bunch of egotistical pastors, a bunch of narcissists, want to hear their own voice. And so I said, Lord, I want to meet you. And did I meet him? And I don't want to speak disparagingly against the ministry of the men of God in any way. Because the men of God loved me and they embraced me when I was there. But it's what happened to me there that I bring to you here. I said, Lord, I need your presence. I I need to know what's going on. And I closed my eyes in a worship service. And I could see the fire of God all around me. And then the Lord began to speak to me prophetically. For my own soul, for my own salvation maybe. Because have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever felt like your faith was so low, your hope and your expectation in life was so low you didn't know if you could get up again? God breathed on me. And when I opened up my eyes for about two seconds, I saw the fire of God, the glory of God. And it has never left me. And so I I bring to you today what God has imparted to me in a few of these meetings that I've been in over the last couple of months. Nothing stays the same, people of God. Things change. Things change a lot. And so today I bring to you a word called Jesus, our firelighter. And the text that burned in my heart, the verse that burned into my heart on that particular day kept resonating in me for your church today and for your lives, and for your families. And it's the words of Jesus in Luke 12, 49. I'm giving it to you out of the New Living Translation. I have come to set the world on fire, and I wish it were already burning. 
Message Bible. I have come to start a fire on this earth. How I wish it were blazing right now. I've come to change everything, turn everything right side up. How I long for it to be finished. Jesus is a fire lighter. He is your fire lighter. He is our fire lighter. And he ignites the church with Holy Spirit fire. And the Lord is looking for hearts that are open to carry this fire. That you can light other people in your life. That you can be fire lighters yourselves and carry the presence of God and impart something and bring something of an encounter to somebody else's life to persuade them into the kingdom of God. And so the Lord is looking for hearts to carry his fire in these very last days. He's looking to set hearts ablaze with divine destiny and purpose. He doesn't want us to fritter our time on this earth. You know, we know that the enemy knows his time is short. And there is a great negotiation in the culture today. A negotiation for souls. There's a battle going on. There's a sifting. There's a refining that continues in the church. It's the refiner's fire. And there's another in the fire with you and I. And he stands with you and I despite the fiery trials that we go through. The great evangelist Reinhard Bonnke said this, A God of fire is the only one there is. Our God is not like an iceberg, but like a forest fire. He is never compared to the moon with its cool glow, but rather to the sun radiating warmth. And he dwells in the light of the rising sun. And the sun of righteousness rises with healing in his wings. Amen. He rises upon our lives and we are changed from one degree of glory to the next until that great and final day when we exit this planet and we go into glory to receive our eternal inheritance in the living God. And so I say to you today, what kind of day is it? What kind of day is it today? I say it is like the days of Elijah. It is days of restoration. It is days of redemption. It is days of reconciliation. It is days of reclamation, repairing relationships, bringing healing, bringing an order back to the way it used to be, where... You know, things got broken down, but God is coming and he's saying, I am putting things back together. I am repairing things. I am repairing lives. I am repairing marriages. I am repairing families. I am repairing proper thinking so that people can be blessed, so that people can live in peace. I see days of restoration that are coming. Days like the way the God of fire answered the days of an Elijah day, days of a double portion anointing where we won't have to struggle so hard for a mantle. I believe God wants to put a fresh mantle upon our lives, a fresh mantle of the double portion, a mantle of grace, a mantle of strength, a mantle of fire, a mantle of the Holy Spirit where you know that this is beyond your own capacity, your own ability. We serve the living God, amen? And you are the hope to your family. You are the hope. You are the voice. How many remember the day that the gospel flame touched your soul 
and you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. My heart leapt when I heard that were people that were going under the waters of baptism. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you still need to take a step of faith after you've received Jesus in your heart and go under the waters of baptism. They need to drown that old man until he's dead and raise you up in the new life in Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, the lamp of faith needs to burn with strength in the, in the church. Amen. This church is a city set on a hill. You're luminaries. But how many know sometimes, you know, the flame gets doused with, you know, negativity, uncertainty, wars and rumors of wars, financial bankruptcies, pressures in life, struggles, things come. Break things down. You know, I felt like the Lord was saying, I'm sending the spirit and power of Elijah back to the church. And during the first coming of Christ, the Lord sent that messenger, John the Baptist. And in John 5.35, Jesus said this about John. He said, he was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. John the Baptist would not identify with Jerusalem in that season. Why? It's because he distanced himself from the legalism. That's not what he was about. He knew that he was about to uh, be the forerunner to Messiah, and Messiah was going to come, and he was going to be uh, that grace. He was going to bring grace and salvation, redemption to a broken people, and I believe that that's what's happening to the church today, that God is restoring that same Spirit, that same narrative in the house of God where he wants to see the broken and the, and the bound and the bruised and the blind healed and delivered by the gospel fire. And so Jesus saw something bright in the life of John, a character consumed with love for his God. And I am here to proclaim that that same spirit is coming upon the church. It's coming upon you. It's coming upon the leadership of this church. And so we shake off the negativity. We shake off all of the uncertainty and the fears that we hear in this world. And we give ourselves a break from CNN and Fox News and the politics and everything because we, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. We proclaim the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. We are, we are proclaimers and ambassadors to the kingdom of God. And, and so we know that this world is on its way out. But there is fire coming to a generation. There is fire coming to Canada and to the churches. And already revival fires are starting to be lit, not just in this church, but in other churches across this land because God has not abandoned this nation the Lord loves the nations, and the nations love Canada, and they are coming here, and I can see that in front of me today. And so unite together and see the fire of God descend on this place and consume hearts and transform lives, and yea, even change the very atmosphere in the heavens over this region so it's not considered a place of poverty but prosperity. God wants to break some things, but he needs some co-laborers. He needs some partners in the house of God to dig into the vision. And so, that's an unselfish sacrifice. And we can't get away with abandoning the crucified life. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet, the life that I now live, the life 
in the present tense that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What an honor, what a privilege it is to serve Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. Amen? And I don't, yes, amen. And I don't take it for granted, the leaders of this house, good friends, Todd and Jan, God bless you. And the founders, the leeches, Ron and Karen, who dug in many generations ago. I honor you guys today. The ministry is not easy. If you're not called to be a pastor, you might want to rejoice a little bit. It's not easy. But when you're called, you love your calling. And John the Baptist loved his calling. He was a bright and shining lamp. And this is what he said in Matthew 3, 10 to 12. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Oof. I need baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's supposed to be up on the slides. <laughs> his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. You know, if there's anything I could say to you this morning, there's a call upon the church to return to its first love, to Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, John said it sometimes. There's these competing interests. He says, lay the, lay the axe to the root, to that source that's competing for your interests because Jesus is jealous for your heart today. He's jealous for you. He wants to be in your life. And sometimes we have to just schedule them in, you know. We don't give him any room sometimes. And the cares of this life come upon us. And, and I, I don't want to put undue pressure on the single parent today. I mean, my goodness the single parent that has two and three and four children and trying to keep his or her head above water to, to make the bills. I'm not here to heap up shame and condemnation or any such thing. I, I know that life is hard, but the Lord loves you, and he wants your heart. He, he, he doesn't want to share. He doesn't want your heart to be shared with anything else but him sometimes. And, and so I, I understand that we are living in a time where believers are just consumed by this culture and the chatter. I, there are days I wish I could just shut it off and, you know, the voices, the, the YouTube rabbit holes, the, the many voices and the things that are competing for your interest, the negativity, the darkness, you see it. It's out there. And so the enemy wants to use that to reduce our hope to a flickering, smoldering flame of faith and hope in our hearts at times. But, but God, God is coming to breathe upon the candle of your faith today. And it'll burn bright again. 
It'll burn brighter and brighter, I believe, after this day. God is here to remind you that his son Jesus is a firelighter. And he wants to breathe on the candle of your spirit today. He wants to take the soot and he wants to take the char and he wants to pour in some fresh oil on the inside of your being and restore the joy of your salvation. So it's a pleasure to be in the house of God. It's not a grind, you know. I know you, many of you are different life stages and there is a commitment, there is a sacrifice, and the Lord commends you for that today. You know, having to get the kids ready, having to get everybody fed, having to get them dressed, and all of this. And so the Lord appreciates all of that. But it is worth it because there's something going on in the spirit that you don't see. Yet you have to participate in it, and it costs you something. It costs your energy. It costs your thinking. It costs your planning. It costs your time. But that's what it means to live for Jesus today. That's what it means to live for the Lord. And so we have to step into the flame of God. Isaiah 42, verse 3 out of the Living Bible says, He will not break the bruised reed, nor quench the dimly burning flame. He will encourage the fainted, those tempted to despair. He will see full justice given to all who have been wronged. The Lord will not allow the flame of your faith to go out today. He won't allow it to go out. And so you serve a God of passion. And he loves his people. And he loves the nations. And he is not the God of the spark, but the God of the flame. He is the fire lighter. And the Lord comes to impart fire upon the altar of a hungry heart. If anything God is looking after today, he's looking for an appetite for his presence. He's looking for your hunger. And one thing I know, God always meets hunger. God will always meet that hunger in his people. And so today, the Holy Spirit... Of the, uh, the holy flame of the Spirit of God is, is looking for a seeking heart. Those that would get into his presence. Those that would come to the uh, presence of God. To the house of God. To the services. To participate. You know, and just as Jesus walked into the temple back in his first visitation. And he had a whip of cords. And he, and, and he had overthrown the money changers and the tables and so on and so forth. This is, this is what he said. He goes, zeal for my father's house has consumed me. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And I just feel like God is saying... Can the Lord step into the temple of your own soul and your own mind today? Does he have that kind of permission? Do you have that kind of openness where the Lord can come into the temple of your life and begin to refine it and begin to cleanse it and refine it once again to such a degree that you just feel the presence of God each and every day in this season? What can he step into in your life? Does he have your permission to step into your marriage? Does he have your permission to step into your children's lives and do something maybe a little bit differently than you would have expected? Does he have the ability to come and step into your ministry? Sometimes we have to humble ourselves. We, we don't know what we don't know. And God wants to Revive some ministries even in this house. Some of you have abandoned a ministry that God has called you to because something competed with that ministry and you thought it was going to give you more satisfaction. 
Don't be deceived. Don't be impatient. Let God minister. Let God step in to your business. Let him step into your life. Let him step into your relationships. Amen? And so we are called to maintain the flame of fire. Maintain the flame with intimate prayer and sincere devotion before Jesus And in the Old Testament, the Levitical priests, they had a responsibility. And it was to never let the fire go out. It says in Leviticus 6, 12 to 14, And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. You know, it's hard to maintain a spiritual altar when you feel like your heart has grown so cold, doesn't it? It's a fight. When it's smoldering because of bitter personal circumstances. It's hard to maintain an altar of faith when you live in such a culture of fear today. Anger and idolatry and materialism. Nevertheless, we are responsible as the New Testament priests of the house of God to maintain the fire, to be watchful. Why does the fire go out? Sometimes it's discouragement. Sometimes it's neglect. Sometimes it's bad habits. Sometimes it's other things. But we can't neglect the fire. God will call us to cut some wood and to lay it in order once in a while. Apply the word of God to our flesh life. Apply things to our lives. And we must worship God in all seasons of life. It's easy to worship God when things are going well. But if you want the fire of hope and faith to come alive in your heart again, you're going to have to worship the Lord through your grief. You're going to have to worship the Lord through your suffering once in a while. Because, you know, life is hopeless without Jesus. It'll break you to not have Jesus in painful grief of circumstances, bitter circumstances. And the Lord knows what you've been going through. And that some of you, many of you have suffered greatly. Some of you are suffering deeply right now as I speak. And the Lord comes with the comfort of the Father and his warmth to your heart right now to console you and wrap his arms around you. We can worship our way through these things, as difficult as it is. And there is something going to our account in heaven, a sweet incense that goes unto the Lord as we do. Pour some oil on the sacrifice The most important thing in our lives is our relationship with Jesus Christ above all things. And he will help heal your heart. 
as you feel that flame out of your own volition, out of your own free will. Now, as I come down to the end of this message this morning, I want to say that God had to send Elijah the prophet to a nation that had lost its identity, forgot who they were. And Elijah was repairing an altar in 1 Kings 18, but really he was restoring the heart of a nation. He was resetting it. God had to send him to his people because they had fallen into what? That Baal idolatry, that Baal worship. We know the story on Mount Carmel, the big confrontation between the Baal prophets and what had happened there, how fire came down from heaven. But it says in 1 Kings 18, 30 to 39, we're not going to read all of these verses. But it says, then Elijah said to all of the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Come near to me. The prophet said, the people had a holy fear of God fall on them. Because earlier on in the chapter, he said, how long will you halt and limp along between two opinions? Either Yahweh is God or Baal is God. Choose this day whom you will serve. It's a little intense kind of Old Testament thought there. But Jesus over and over again says, come unto me. Come unto me. And I will give rest for your souls. We serve a very loving, kind, and gracious God. A patient God. And the Lord is inviting you to come near to him today. It's the call upon us this morning. It's the cry of the Spirit that you would come near to Jesus. That you would draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You see, you have to take a step into the flame of his presence. You really do. And there are two kinds of spirits that are burning in the world today. There are two different kind of supernatural fires burning today. And the first one, as we've been talking about, is the Holy Spirit. A fire that burns with an intention and that intention is to redeem, to restore, to heal. You see, the fire of God, it comes with blessing and with an intention to redeem a person's life. Whereas the fire of the enemy that inspires men to violence and death and hostility and anger is a spirit that burns. It burns lives up. It consumes them for the purpose of the enemy, for the evil one. It breaks faith down. It breaks people's minds down. It brings betrayal. It brings destruction. It brings abuse. It brings addiction. That's what that fire elicits. And so we must guard the fire that God has put on the inside of us. And we know what happened in that story. 
You know, the, tench, the, the trench was dug, the bullock was slain, the bleeding sacrifice was there, the 12 stones were gathered, the wood was set in order, and he prayed and the fire of God came down and consumed the sacrifice. But the call upon us this morning, the cry in the spirit, is that you and I have to bring and drag some things to the altar of the Lord today. And some of you are saying, I am so discouraged. I am so broken. I want to hide from the Lord. I want to run from the Lord like a Jonah. I want to run from the call of God. I want to run from this. But the Lord is saying, listen, there is nothing the Lord cannot heal, cannot restore in your life, if only you would drag it to the altar and respond, and he will meet you there. You can drag any disappointment to the Lord, and his fire will consume it. You can drag a discouragement, a broken relationship, an anger, a habit that has been plaguing you in your life, and the fire of God will consume it. But we have to take a step of faith. You may need to drag your anxiety and the spirit of heaviness that bothers you to the altar so that he can burn it up. Draw near to me, the Lord says, and I will draw near to you. You may need to drag a broken marriage to the altar before it's too late because it's not going to change unless you bring that situation out of the darkness into the light of God and bring healing to the situation. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You want to save your marriage today? You want to save your situation? Maybe you are divorced and you're feeling guilt and shame and condemnation and you feel like God can never use you again. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Don't bury the potential that God has in you you can still be used of God. Bring that to the altar. God can take the evil things that have been done to you and turn them around and mock the enemy as a result. God takes broken people and he makes beautiful things out of them. That's what our God does. God takes impossible situations and turns them around. He's a turnaround God. The repairing of an altar for God is the restoring of a heart for God. That's what building an altar is all about. It is all about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob did it. Elijah was doing it for a nation, and the Lord is doing it in the churches all across Canada right now. I want to very quickly go through five very quick points in closing. Number one, the fire of God has a purpose. God wants you to bring something to consume. Number one, a personal sacrifice to him, the burnt sacrifice, which represents the total surrender of a heart before the Lord. Romans 12, 1, we are called to be living sacrifices. We read it in the prayer room today, so I don't need to read it here. You read Romans 12, verses 1 to 3. We are called to be living sacrifices. In the Old Testament, they brought bleeding sacrifice, sacrifices, dead sacrifices. Now we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, offering up the sacrifice of praise in the house of the Lord, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. We give that personal sacrifice unto the Lord, and the Lord comes and he answers by fire. Number two, the wood of our humanity. 
The Lord comes to consume all of your anxieties, all of your fears, all of your shortcomings, all of your failures, even all of your sins. I mean, the prophet poured wet, poured water on the wood. Who does that to start a fire? The prophet did. And it doesn't matter how soggy your circumstances are, how messy they are, how messy your situation is, how messy that relationship is. You can bring it before the Lord. He wants, he wants you to place all of that on the altar. And you know, Jesus did. Jesus had cut wood, the cross, placed on his shoulders and as he walked up Skull Hill to make a sacrifice of sin for the human race he had you in mind and there was water and blood that came out of him to cleanse you of your sins and to redeem you completely and we are so grateful for that number three stones of identity and unity you know we can get really hard in life as I've mentioned already, bitter circumstances that happen. But you know, we have an identity in Jesus Christ. And we need to know what tribe we come from. You see the prophet, he gathered all the stones. They represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Identify with the vision of the house of God. Know your tribe. Identify with it. Unify it. Come together under it. And you watch what God does in your life. You can have personal vision for your life, and so you should, and for your marriage and your family. But when it comes to the house of God, let it be your identity. What did Jesus say in Matthew 16 to those 12 disciples that were walking with him? He said what? He said, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say you're Elijah, raised from the dead. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say that you're John the Baptist. And then he said, who do you say that I am? And then Simon Peter, as you know, said, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And upon this rock, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God. We are called to be living stones. Coming together, put together to make up a spiritual temple in the house. And when we come together in unity, there is an anointing that comes. And the Lord commands the blessing, even life forevermore. He brings an impartation Sunday after Sunday, month after month, year after year, decade after decade. And you walk out a destiny with the people of God. So live in community. And I know that this is a church that is gracious with its doors open to this neighborhood and to the city and to the nations of the world. And it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be on your A-game when you walk in this house. You will not be judged. You will not be condemned. You will be embraced. You'll be loved by the people of God and the leadership of this church. And you'll get cleaned up, and life will get better. But don't be impatient. Things do take time. It takes time to heal. Amen? And then there's the dust of our frailty and sufferings. Psalms 103 and 14 says the Lord knows our frame, that we are but dust, that we're not perfect people, that we make mistakes. And by faith, place some of your regretful memories in the past. Don't get stuck in the past. The Lord knows what's happened to you. But the Lord is flipping the script this morning for many of you. 
He's writing a new chapter in your life. You don't need to get stuck in the past. Some of you have been stuck. I, you, know, you know, just, I wish this wouldn't have happened. And you've been living in the past. But as you live in the past, you're going to rob your future. You're going to rob the potential as you're an instrument in God's hands to do His will. Amen. Finally, you can all stand this morning. There was water that came water of cleansing. Sometimes we have to dig a ditch. We have to dig deeper in our faith. We got to go deeper with God sometimes. You know, and faith is work sometimes. James said, I'll show you my faith by my works. And we have to dig in sometimes and build things into our hearts and lives in ministries and businesses. And it is very, very hard work. And the Lord commends that hard work ethic. But we get thirsty when we work, don't we? And Jesus said in John 7, 37, If any man thirst, let him come unto me, and out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And I would say unto you, let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. <laughs> let the river flow. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Getting close to the end here. I can feel the spirit lifting. <laughs> okay. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so, Father, this morning we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the word of God. Lord, I pray that this word would minister to your people. Jesus, you are our firelighter, and I ask for fire right now to come down and ignite hungry hearts. Let the fire come into the heart this morning. Let it start something new in your people. Just keep your eyes closed at this point in time. If there is any person here this morning that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and we'd like to give their heart to Jesus. Or perhaps somebody that has, you know, backslidden, hasn't been in the house of God for some time and has returned. And maybe somebody online who has been away from the house of God, distant, and you feel a tug and a pull on your heart to return to the house of God. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand? If you've never accepted Jesus, you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Anybody? Anybody at all? Yeah, I see one person back there. Anybody at all? Anybody that wants to rededicate their lives to Jesus? Said, my heart is, has grown cold. I'm in a backslidden state. If that's with you, would you just please lift up your hand? Yeah, I see that hand back there. I see that hand. Yeah, I see that hand back there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, I know that there's somebody else here need to serve the Lord once again. If that's you, let, let's just pray this prayer once again. Father, let's all pray it together. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you have saved us from our sins. We put our trust in the blood of Jesus to cleanse us of our unrighteousness so that we can be clothed in his righteousness. 
We believe that Jesus is raised from the dead and sitting at your right hand and coming again. And so this morning I turn from my sins so that I can be a child of God. Thank you, Father, for writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I have returned to you. I belong to you. And I thank you, Lord. Let's just lift up the name of the Lord and just welcome these people back to the house of God who lifted up their hands. God bless all of you this morning.